0: Hey, Pooh. What are you thinking about now?
1: Oh, well, I'm just thinking about um, what to think about.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm off. So approximately how much of your waking moments are spent thinking about how Pokemon Platinum and Pokemon Crystal should have been switched so that it would have been Pokemon Gold, Silver, Platinum, and then Pokemon Diamond, Pearl, and Crystal. But for whatever reason, they got they got mixed up like like babies in a nursery.
1: I didn't think about it until just now, but Oh, it's just me? (laughs) Maybe. Because
0: I was thinking about it, like, well, not so much anymore, but, like, I think when Pokemon X and Y were revealed, there was, like, a really bad joke, and I'm like, well, what, did did they finally run out of colors or something? Like, first of all, no. Yep. Second of all, colors haven't even been a thing, even since the second generation. Like, sure, gold and silver are colors, but... They're metals. And then what is diamond and pearl? Is that supposed to be a color? Tell, tell me, what color is a diamond, my friend?
1: Whatever color you want it to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the old Game Boy, uh, the old Game Boy Advance SP Platinum commercials, where i it's definitely not Macho Man Randy Savage, but a man who looks suspiciously <laughs> like Macho Man Randy Savage, like on an all like very like, white platinum kind of crystalline stage he's wearing. He's decked out huh. in like cowboy hat. I, I don't think it's cowboy attire, but he's like decked out in like, like white off-white platinum clothes. I think he just dances and he thrusts a, a gbasp platinum in your face and he's like, look wow. at it! Look at it!
0: I have no recollection of this.
1: Uh, speaking of things that haunt my every waking moment, uh, <laughs> that was basically it.
0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Hearts by Heart, Uh, despite what you may assume, we are not a Pokemon podcast, but who knows where we'll go. Uh, We are in fact a Kingdom Hearts podcast, and today, today, we will be covering uh, 100 Acre Wood, which I'm sure is everyone's favorite world in the first game. (laughs) Uh, So if you're new to us, uh, we, we like to schmooze a little, you know some icebreakers. So usually what we do is before we get to the the world discussion proper, we'll take a little break to talk about some games we've been playing and then we will cover the Disney movie that the world is based on. And if you're just if you're just dying to get to that media discussion, well, why don't you just come on over and check the episode description and you'll find some handy dandy timestamps for you so you can choose your own adventure basically. Shiny. Yes, but if, if you're the real ones, you will, you will listen the whole way through. So, so why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, kick things off and talk about what we played this past week. So, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, Okay, it's actually not too hard. <laughs> I was kind of panicking. I was like, what did I play this week? What did I? Oh, my God, I don't... Never mind. I know exactly what I played this week. I played Majority, a lot of Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, spoiler alert, it's still a fun game. But that's... I mean, Monster Hunter's good. That's really all I have to say about it. Too much. I... We've talked about this before, but I think it has been edited out before for time's sake. But I've been playing Borderlands 2 with a friend of mine. And as of yesterday, we've finally gotten through the base game and all of the DLCs. So I could effectively say, I mean, Borderlands 2.
0: Just knocking them down left and right.
1: Well, it's funny, because there's, there's a base game and there's four DLCs. Uh, I mean, spoiler yep. alert, Borderlands 2, also a very good game. It usually keeps things pretty fresh... And the writing in Borderlands Two is—it's it's very chef's kiss. It's top notch.
0: Let's see. That game probably came out around like 2010, maybe 2011. I want to
1: say, say 2010, 2011.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that was definitely like—I'd say like top five games, like for a while in terms of you know games people would bring up of like must plays for that generation. So mm-hmm. it had it had quite a uh, quite a prestigious position. Then it like. It kind of like got muddled the series with like the pre the Tales from the Borderlands. Then, <laughs> three came out like you know ten years later. So I don't I don't know if people hold Borderlands in such high esteem as as they used to.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking. So I uh, finished Borderlands, and then we were like, "Do you want to play something else?" So we started playing. We, we both have the Master Chief Collection on Steam, and so we Ooh. started playing. Through, started a little little co Halo One playthrough. And I think I had the exact same thought process going into Halo CE that I did that you had just now. I was like, Borderlands and Halo. Like, games that when they came out were just all the rage, but I wouldn't say now they've diminished and I wouldn't say they have diminished in value. They're not like a, a, a fragment of an echo long forgotten. But I was thinking <laughs> of like, when when was the hype for these games, for these franchises, I should say, at their peak? Yep. I, I, sort of, I sort of ran through... The process, uh, basically the same way, yeah.
0: Yeah, no one one really cares about Halo anymore, I don't think.
1: (laughs) I don't think so, really. As someone who loves Halo, I, I, uh, for instance, I own like five or six of the Halo novels. If that says anything about me as a person. (laughs) (laughs) Even now, it's very hard to get excited for Halo going.
0: (sighs) Yeah, what's the next one? Is it... Halo, infinite
1: halo or infinite.
0: five or so, they the same game
1: <laughs> no uh so what we had one two three three ODST four reach well, and four uh five, halo five guardians and then halo okay. legends is halo six but they were like numbers will scare people away so let's give it uh, a, yeah. a, a subtitle instead of I a thought, number
0: I thought it was called halo infinite
1: it is it's Halo Six wearing uh, somebody else's cloak.
0: But you just said Legends.
1: Never mind then. <laughs> Halo Legends is like uh, it was like an old like animation project. I don't know why I mentioned Halo Legends and not Halo Infinite. Yeah,
0: it's it's one of those franchises where you can just slap on any cliche subtitle like Halo Halo Requiem, uh, Halo The Return, Halo uh, Halo Resurgence, and you'll be like, yeah, that I'm sure that's something. <laughs>
1: Is this a bad point to mention that Requiem is an important name in Halo Mm. lore?
0: Mm. (laughs) Yep, that checks out. (laughs) So, I also dabbled into a little bit of Monster Hunter Rise. I I stuck to my promise last week. I checked out the demo. Mm. So, yeah, it pretty much went exactly how I expected in terms of (laughs) not having any idea of what I was doing.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah, it's got, like, four missions, and they each have, like, different levels of difficulty, and then there's one that's specifically a training mission. hmm So I did that one expecting, you know, it would train me. <laughs> and it sort of did that. Yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I tried... So I mainly wanted to play to try out the different weapon types, because, you know, that's going to be the main way you're playing the game, so you want to find a weapon type that feels good to you, so... Yeah. Uh, at first, I used the the dual blades because I figured that would be like a pretty basic one to just come to grips with like the game as a whole. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I could barely figure out how to pull my weapon out. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I spent like ten minutes in like the first area just figuring out what the heck I'm supposed to be doing. And meanwhile, the the Chad of the guide was like uh, come over here, meet me. What's going on? What's the holdup? Hey, I got another Uh, tool coming in ten minutes.
1: Master Utsushi, who I just call Kakashi at this point.
0: Yeah, that checks out. Mm. Um, so yeah, I found that, like, pretty much every button does at least three different things.
1: Not entirely wrong. (laughs) Not entirely wrong.
0: Yeah, so uh, I was like, okay. I was just trying to, like, come to grips with the controls, and of course the game doesn't have a... Button layout, or if it does, it's buried far too deep in the menus for me to find it. But uh, it's like, okay, I'll just get on my dog and ride around because that seems to be the, the the most surface level enjoyment of this game, which I can't confirm is fun, especially when you activate doggy drift. Doggy drift. But um, yeah, I that training mission wasn't very good for coming to grips with the weapons because you fight like two monsters. And then you're done, and they're, like, not even the big monsters, they're just the baby monsters. Mm. So, I killed them, and then it's like, alright, good job, you're ready to go out into the world, and it's <laughs> you're like... You're a real boy tw- now. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's like, you'll be kicked out in 20 seconds, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so then I, like, tried, like, just, like, fighting an imaginary enemy, just to get used to the weapon, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing something, but, like, I, I didn't get any sort of feel of, like, you know, how the blades work, so I like, okay, cool. Yeah,
1: That's, uh, that's so, I mean, every time I mention I don't like the older Monster Hunter games, it's exactly what Mm -hmm. you just described to me. Uh, Except then they didn't have training missions, it was just, like, the two or three hunt something, and we'll, we'll like, I think, I may be wrong, I think they gave you a loadout, like, you'd only select certain weapons, but that seems wrong, so I'm gonna say I'm just remembering it wrong. But, Mm yes, 100%.
0: Yeah, so I, I jumped back in with the second mission with the bow, because I was thinking, okay, that seems like kind of an out-there weapon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it seemed pretty useless to me. You have, like, a melee attack, and then obviously you can aim and fire off your arrows, but like, it didn't seem very efficient, and then you could add, like, different um coatings to it, but I couldn't figure out for the life of me how to actually change them. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a wash. So... Yeah, not the best first impression. Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it, but yeah, it didn't really do a whole lot in terms of winning me over, so... I can Then see I tried that. YouTubing, like, you know, like, Weapon Guides, Monster Hunter Rise, and I checked out, like, a few different videos, and it seemed like all of them were basically comparing Monster Hunter Rise to Monster Hunter World, and, like, assuming... That you would already know about the weapon, and then just kind of explaining what's new in Rise as opposed to like
1: oh. being
0: actually beginner friendly.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
0: I'm like, how do I play you?
1: The the game plays you, you don't play the game.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is, I think the channel's put up two videos so far I think Hunting Horn and Longsword. Uh, but the best, in this, I guess this is for you, and this is for anyone else who's looking to get into Monster Hunter. Uh, the name is Eric's Gaming, and they do a weapon workshop Ooh. series of videos, which is literally from the ground up. What does because it's meant to be an introduction and also a tutorial for those who want to learn it. But it's basically weapon do this because every weapon obviously has its like its unique mechanics. And here mm-hmm. are here are your moves. Here are your most efficient combos.
0: Oh, that's another thing. Uh, mapping the uh, consumable item. To why is just completely unacceptable if you ask me, because <laughs> I kept wanting to draw my weapon because that's the weapon button, but instead I would just drink one of my finite potions and I was like, great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when when Rise came out, two of my friends, one who's a newbie and the one who played World, but she hasn't played in a while, uh, they that they did that for a while. They'd be, oh damn, it, I just drank a potion by accident. So. Yep. Uh, you're Not Alone, The Noobs and The Veterans. Uh, I think I did that a, a few times during, like, the first week it came out.
0: Ugh. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It People say it's quote-unquote beginner-friendly, but to me it seems like <laughs> it's beginner-friendly in the sense that you need to buy the game and then start playing <laughs> in order to it's... start figuring out, but, like if you're just considering it, like, you won't know until you're actually playing the full game, whether it's for you or not, so.
1: My first thought is people could say it's beginner-friendly compared to other games, and I can say that yep. much, but, like, Yeah. Uh, you still want to give this to, I mean, the game for 18, I was about to say, give it to a child and they'll understand. You give it to a 13-year-old, I mean, they could potentially, but, they, yeah, the mm-hmm. game doesn't do a it great, it, I mean, it, it, it explains the wire bug, which is the new mechanic, it explains, like, pick up, you know, birds as you run around, pick up poop to make other things, pick up bones, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it doesn't explain your weapon combos.
0: hmm Yeah, so. so, like, like I was saying about the videos, like, the, the demo itself, it felt like it was geared toward people who play Monster Hunter and just explaining what's new in this game versus here's how to Monster Hunter. So, I might try it again, but definitely... Bumped it down the priority list. Um, oh, 100%. Because I finally finished the Final Fantasy VII Remake.
1: <laughs> so, I'll just
0: I'll just slap a big old spoiler warning. Uh, I mean, the game is a year old, but it's, you know, I'm sure many people like myself were just, you know, waiting to play it or, you know, didn't have a PS4 or whatever. So, yeah, again, check that video description for the timestamp.
1: Oh, yeah, skip to either what the world the, skip to the Windy the Pooh movie or skip to us talking about Hunter Dick or what I guess if you do not care for seven remake spoilies
0: yeah so yeah, I'll just jump into the story stuff because gameplay my opinion hasn't really changed but um yeah so I got the ending <laughs> and I, I I don't know if I'm missing something but like I didn't really understand what I was supposed to be shocked about <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so then I, I i like looked it up because obviously there's a million like story breakdowns what the ending didn't tell you about final fantasy 7 remake
1: seven seconds till the end
0: yeah so that's one yeah. thing but like i guess like the the main sort of takeaway is that Zack may or may not still be alive <laughs> <sighs> because the little puppy on the poster looked different <laughs> Well, what do you what do you think about
1: that? <sighs> oh that I, oh, I so literally I was prepared to say like just anything and then you mentioned the word Zach and now my heart is literally in my throat because I am very happy
0: <laughs> don't give me hope and
1: I'm I mean I mean you, you perfectly don't give me hope okay I'm gonna attempt to be human it may or may not work. Zach Fair is best boy and I do love Zach Fair very very much the the prospect that zach is still alive fills me with a lot of good and happy emotions but the fact that it potentially also uh means they could add some stuff to zach's story that's complete and utter bs or something mm-hmm. that kind of ruins Zack, because I think Zack's final stand is also very, very... Uh, not in the original game, because it's a it's a very poorly animated cutscene, but at least in other medium, like Crisis Core, it's right. a very big and pivotal moment for the character. So the fact yep. that that moment may not exist anymore in, in this potentially weird alternate timeline also fills me with existential dread i'm like i'm like at both sides of the emotion spectrum right right now uh
0: yep at the I, same I got time. that vibe from a lot of people when i was like reading about people's thoughts on the ending
1: oh <sighs> but but yeah the little the little snack bag with stamp on it because i guess for those who don't care about spoilers or for those who may not remember when we're going through the sec when we're getting to the sector five reactor um i think it's uh it's either an avalanche member or i think uh Biggs does it. They, like, paint a, a picture of Stamp, and you gotta follow... Barrett says, you gotta follow the nose, and he's like yep. a little beagle. And then, in Zach's, when we see Zach's final stand, I, I don't even know the, the breed of the dog, but Stamp looks different. And we, yeah. we've only seen him in beagle form, so potentially we think that, I don't know, my brain's starting to fry again, but... Yeah, in my
0: head, I was just like, could it not just be an older design in the same timeline?
1: <laughs> yeah, and who's to say that Stamp is just only a beagle? Maybe they just say any dog in a Shinra military police hat is stamped. Yeah,
0: I mean, they did very deliberately kind of, like, put it in, like, the foreground of the shot, so, like, they definitely yeah. wanted to draw attention to it, but, like, do we know definitively, like, is this supposed to be, like... Something's amiss, or is it just, yeah, like Nomura's messing with us, like kind of teasing us? <laughs>
1: oh, Nomura, that sick bastard. Uh, I feel like it's the first one. Like, it's definitely like a. Okay. Oh, it's almost a, a Hideo Kojima. Uh, a God. The if you just might want to use is not yes. age appropriate, so I won't. But it's very <laughs> incredibly on the nose if this is the direction yep. we're going. It's like, hey guys, hey, 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 look at that. Isn't that neat? Hee hee hee.
0: Yeah, because then it was followed by, like, the shot of him walking past Cloud and Aerith, which was also, like, that was, like, kind of, like, a big tip of the hat. Like, hmm, something's happening. Yeah. And then, let's see, the other sort of main, like, plot points, or I guess questions are, Sephiroth might not be Sephiroth? (laughs) (laughs) So there's, like, the weird hooded guys, which I... I don't remember them from the original, but apparently they're supposed to be Sephiroth clones. <laughs> why, um, why, 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 don't, why don't you explain what's going on there?
1: Do you remember Hojo's reunion theory?
0: Uh, vaguely, but what, 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 why don't you explain for the audience who <laughs> may not be
1: who don't understand? So you encounter—I'll <laughs> say this—I'll—I'll I'll speak in the context of original seven. So you meet some people. I—the one—the one I always remember is. After you meet Aerith, and you start... Uh, before you get to her house, you go to, like, the Sector 5 little shopping plaza area. And someone's like, there's a guy in that sewer pipe. He keeps moaning. And you walk in, and oh. he's just like... Ugh. And Aerith mentions, oh, he has a number tattooed on him.
0: Yes, I do remember this. But I yes. I, I don't remember ever following up with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's understandable. Um, when you're at the North Crater, and you see a bunch of, like... The black hooded figures, potentially.
0: Mm, nope, ringing. not ringing okay. a bell.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the guy in the guy in the sewer, is a Sephiroth clone. But for remake, they just put them all in like black hoods.
0: They're, they're Organization Thirteen cloaks.
1: <laughs> they're a, a perfect, a perfect example. Yes. <laughs> I guess they played it much more on the nose in remake. I should say much more obvious in remake. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in the original seven, they were just people that you saw randomly with like, and I, th- I want to say there's I want to say there's thirteen of them. I could be wrong. This mm-hmm. could literally be Organization thirteen, the prequel. But yep. they they all have like uh, big Roman numerals on their body somewhere. It's yes. all part of Hojo's dumb reunion theory where they're up they're basically all people injected with Genova cells, and mm-hmm. at some point they'll want to converge with. Sephiroth, basically.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, I think one of the major sort of missteps of this, of the remake story is, it doesn't really explain who Sephiroth is, it just kind of assumes that you'd already know, because he's so (laughs) iconic, but, like, it doesn't really explain, like, in-universe why he's such a big deal like there's a few lines like oh the legendary soldier sephiroth but like yeah it doesn't really explain like why would you clone this guy or like why you know his connection to Genova and like yeah i feel like it just kind of didn't really build up to like why sephiroth would be the final boss basically because like i don't remember how it happens in the original exactly but i think most of the sephiroth story comes after Midgar. Like, the first time you really see him is the, um... You know, him shanking uh President Shinra.
1: <laughs> yeah, you see him first in the, like, I guess his person in the Shinra building. They talk about mm-hmm. it in, in the original game, but I feel like... I feel like it comes off stronger in the original.
0: Yeah, so I feel like... Or I guess I'm curious you know, where Sephiroth's story um will go from here. But, um... I guess the main sort of idea of the ending is that fate has been punched in the face <laughs> and now all bets are off in terms of, you know, everyone's quote-unquote destinies because
1: uh-huh.
0: we destroyed, like, a giant mega destiny kaiju.
1: <laughs> we destroyed the king of all dementors. And now... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Destiny has no win something something
0: yeah i i don't know how i feel about it like it kind of feels like a writer's crutch of like literally oh no like it's it's literally just you know the plot wants you to do this (laughs) it's like the plot personified of like oh no this character can't do this but like now they've gotten rid of it so it's like it frees them up to do anything so like I kind of understand it but eh, yeah i don't know
1: I think I think once I think once remake part two comes out in seventeen years and we get a bit further, we get a bit further into the story. I think, I think the big thing right now is that the whole uh, the harbingers are dead. We can do uh, um, uh, we're unsupervised. Uh, Mom can't tell us what to do anymore. Yep. I think once that's either feasible or like you see it happen, like instead of just being like this. Uh, I mean, I about to say crackpot theory. It's probably the most well-supported theory because it, it kind of does make sense for better mm-hmm. and for worse. Um, I think it's just the waiting for me. It's just like the fact of like, I need the hard yeah, confirmation yeah. and then I'll be like, And I think then that'll really solidify my feelings.
0: Mm. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the story didn't like really have a gut punch to me because again, I don't have a strong connection to the original, but I do think it's interesting. I'm very curious to see where it goes next. Um, Yeah, the characters were all great. Um, I mentioned before, I think it was too long, definitely. Like, I think it could have easily been 30 or even 20 hours and then just make more stuff like side content. Like, for example, the whole, like, train graveyard sequence with, like, the ghosts. Like, that could have been, like, a side quest, if you ask me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, no. Solid game. Definitely a lot of meat to it if you really get into the battle system because there's like the VR battles and the Shinra VR battles which I I didn't even bother with but like (laughs) I'm sure you know there's a lot there for people who get really into you know optimizing their builds and whatnot Hi But yeah I'm glad I finished it but uh it turns out it was not the Final Fantasy because I then moved on to a little game called Final Fantasy IX, which I'm just so excited to play and then talk about, but I will try to keep it brief for this first conversation, because I know we're definitely over the limit with um, the remake talk, but um, yeah, I started my Final Fantasy IX playthrough, which has been like a calendar event for me (laughs) because I specifically wanted to wait it. Let's see. I played it for the first time about two years ago, around this time of year. And I wanted to kind of like, you know, line it up for like a little anniversary special. So yeah, I started playing it and yeah. Whereas monster Hunter rise, the demo was like getting punched in the face repeatedly. uh, (laughs) Final fantasy nine is like a big, warm, cozy blanket. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'll just kind of chat about like my background with the game and kind of, you know, my first playthrough of it instead of going into too much details of, you know, where I'm at in this current playthrough um, for this episode anyway, because um, I have many thoughts. Yeah, I played it for the first time two years ago and I consider it my first Final Fantasy Because I played 15 before that, but 15s, it's it's not really Final Fantasy, if you ask me. (laughs) So this is my first classic turn-based FF. Yeah, I got it two years ago because I think it was around the time when, like, the Switch had its Final Fantasy blowout. Where, like, I think 7, 8, 9, maybe 10, and I think 12, like, I think they all came out at the same time. I think so. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe maybe I should try out some, you know, retro Final Fantasy, and I, it was between like seven, eight, and nine for like the first one I would play. I think before then, I had always thought of Final Fantasy nine as I think I like confused it for one of the tactics games because for some reason, like I watched a video a while ago where like for some reason it kind of like made me think that oh nine was like a complete offshoot of like a different style, but that was wrong. So like I had never really paid much attention to nine. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I took a closer look at it, and no, it's it's turn-based, and it's, like, this medieval fantasy setting. And I was like, okay, this has my attention. Mm-hmm. I picked it up, and I pretty much fell in love with it immediately. I think it's a combination of the fantasy aesthetic, and then also just, it just oozes that. I mean, it came out in the year 2000, so it just oozes, like, 2000 charm. <laughs> Definitely. The, like, opening cutscene is, like, you know, like a little CG kind of sizzle reel, but it's, you know, PlayStation 1 CG. So it's just, like, ugh, like nostalgia overload for, like, just that whole era of video games. So, like, I kind of got bought in with, like, just the sentimental sentimentality of it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to me because this was basically, you know, the send-off of the PlayStation console as a whole like not just final fantasy because it came out 2000 playstation 2 was already out at this point i think did ps2 come out in 99 or 2000
1: i want to say 2000
0: okay it was very similar to like how you know there's that overlap of super nintendo and n64 like when we mentioned donkey Kong country 3 like similar situation where that came out after mm-hmm. N64 was already out, if I remember correctly, they announced Final Fantasy Eight, Nine, and Ten like all at once, <laughs> or maybe it was just Nine and Ten, but like, which is just crazy to think about. Like, could you imagine if Final Fantasy Sixteen and Seventeen were announced at the same time? Just in, like, because 2020? we can. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it came out in two thousand, and then yeah, I think ten was like a year later. So like, I feel like this is definitely like the overshadowed game because it's like sandwiched in between like you know seven, which is like the series peak for most people, and then ten, which is like you know a whole new generation. But then like here's the here's the little Final Fantasy that could uh, just kind of sandwiched in between them, Final Fantasy nine. <laughs> yes, in that respect, like. It's kind of like the underdog in the series for me, where like, I just like the little offshoot kind of installments of a series. (laughs) I compare it to Wind Waker from Zelda, where it's a kind of a drastic shift in style, where it's much sillier, it's much more cartoony, and there's like a greater sense of adventure to it which is just checking all the right boxes in terms of my vibe check mm-hmm. yeah I mean I could keep gushing about it for you know the whole episode but basically if you haven't played this game and you and, and you like turn based RPGs or if you even have an interest in turn based RPGs you know stop what you're doing stop listening to this episode go buy it go play it come back and rate us five stars for such a such a wonderful suggestion <laughs>
1: Um, I think, yeah, I think, oh, ooh, 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 I did a, little, did a little research, so, because this is the era, I mean, they've only ended recently, of things releasing usually in Japan or a different region and then releasing in, you know, NA yeah. or EU or globally afterwards, I can confirm that 9 came out after the Japanese, uh, after the, it came out in Japan after the PS2's launch in Japan, and it came out in yep. America and other regions after the ps2 had launched in those regions.
0: Got it. Okay, cool.
1: So it is the very in between uh stepchild, but I always refer to 9 as uh, everybody's favorite final fantasy game they just haven't played yet.
0: Yes, yeah, that's a perfect description of it, I'd say. It's
1: kind of like how I like we've seen very little final fantasy 16, but I think the idea going into 9 was very similar to how going yep. into 16 because we had 6, six was literally about technology and magic or technology sort of usurping magic then we had seven mm-hmm. and eight which are definitely sci-fi junk sci-fi sci-fi fantasy uh junkets and then nine kind of brings it brings it back now y'all um
0: yes i think exactly. it's, just a, it's
1: a nice refresher so that's why i'm excited for 16 coming out because it's we're going back yep, to it's, it's the exact same pattern of Uh, sci-fi, sci-fi, sci-fi. And now, let's let's take it back a little bit.
0: Yeah, and even, like, just, like, the general aesthetic of the game, it's... I guess you could say it's steampunk, although... What is that even supposed to mean anymore?
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) But, like, the game world itself, like, you can... You get this feeling that it's, like, on the cusp of, like, old and new in terms of, like, it's got this old world charm of, like, all the, like, cobblestone fantasy villages and castles. But then... There's, like, all this new technology emerging, so, like, it's kind of, like, in itself a metaphor for, like, you know, the end of the PlayStation, and then the beginning of the PlayStation 2. It's just so good to me. I'll stop gabbing about it, but I'm curious what your experience with the game is, because you're you're something of a Final Fantasy fan yourself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really like 9. I need to go back and replay 9. I replayed it when it came out. And I, I think I replayed most of it around, I was in high school, so it might have been around 2010, possibly 2011, but that's still 10 years ago, so I think a replay oh, wow. is, uh, is in the deer. works, I think.
0: Yes, cue that up.
1: But yeah, I think, like I said earlier, FF9 is a fantastic game that not many people talk about, Yep. because it is overshadowed by the Sevens, but... In terms of Nine, I would say Nine is like top five favorite Final Fantasy games, uh, undisputed. Yep. Like, Nine is such an all around joy. Like, it's. I don't think it the perfect
0: word for it.
1: Yeah. Joy. It doesn't lean like into one specific. Well, I shouldn't say that. It doesn't lean into one specific thing and say go. I feel like Nine's a pretty good all around FF. Like, it ticks off a lot of boxes. Oh, absolutely. Kind of, it is very jack of all trades like you get yeah your... i
0: i think the reason why I sort of gravitated toward my, toward it so much is um the combat system is actually really simple so like i explained with my remake playthrough that like i just get overwhelmed with options when there's like all these different materials to combine and i had the same experience with the original seven where like it's mm-hmm. it's really cool and i appreciate it but like that's just not quite how I like to play but yeah nine's pretty straightforward in that you know, it's a turn-based combat system, <laughs> and what you see is what you get. So, like, the main sort of thrust with nine is um, all your abilities are tied to your equipment. So, basically, the game encourages you to switch up your equipment a lot so you can learn new abilities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which, to me, like, yeah, that makes sense. New equipment, slap it on, learn the ability, swap it out. And then it, like, appeals to my, like, you know, completionist, like, checkbox ticking half of my brain. <laughs> So yeah, it could
1: play Fall Fantasy Night, everybody.
0: Yes, I'll I'll never forget my first time playing. <laughs> so yeah, I I will have much more to say about it over the next few weeks. I just I'm about 12 hours in. I just finished quote unquote <laughs> disc one,
1: um, oh, okay. so that's
0: about a quarter of the way through. yeah next week i'll i'll get more into like the characters and the story and all the like nitty gritty stuff of what i love about it but this is just a psa of i'm very happy to be replaying it and yeah i think everyone should definitely experience this game um and fun fact i think it's i think it's the highest rated final fantasy on metacritic Mm. so yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i am going to i am going to Tear myself away from just talking about Final Fantasy IX, and I guess we'll talk about Winnie the Pooh.
1: <laughs> I was about to say where I feel like when it comes to Winnie the Pooh, there's a... <laughs> it's a, the it's a perfect world for an extended game corner because exactly. there, there's, a, there's some little niche parts of uh, Pooh Bear to talk about, but other than that are... <laughs> <laughs> our uh, our chubby little cubby is uh, isn't really stuffed with fluff this time around.
0: Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to describe it. So um,
1: yeah, let's uh,
0: shimmy on over to Disney Corner. There's there's a whole uh, buffet of Winnie the Pooh on Disney Plus, but mm-hmm. I think we both watched. The mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh in 1966.
1: Yes. 77.
0: Oh. Well I got the, you know, multiple of eleven part right. Yeah, but exactly. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think you explained it's it's basically like a collection of shorts, or was it made from the ground up like from start to finish, like all the different segments? Cause it does kind of it's like a bunch... transition in between.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's the Digimon movie of Winnie the Pooh.
0: <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> so it's, uh, I guess, no, I'm not going to explain Digimon the movie to everybody. No, I refuse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is three, it's three, uh, it, it's three specials, like three, like 20 to 30 minute Winnie the Pooh uh, featurettes just yep. strung together. So I think it's what, it's uh Winnie Pooh and the Honey Tree, it's- uh, yep. Winnie Pooh and the Blustery Day, and I think yep. it's Winnie Pooh and Tigger, or Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. So there are yep. three actual separate like. My my first instinct is to say shorts, but they're not shorts because they're like yeah basically a mini movie. <laughs> but they're three exactly. that are they they're released separately. I think well to say sixty six. I think uh, Honey Tree came out and actually in the year sixty six. Yeah, maybe uh, that's all, where like, it came year, from. They're all years apart, though. Like, Honey Tree was late 60s. I want to say Blustery Day was late 60s, early 70s. And then the third one would have been like mid 70s.
0: Yeah, because if I remember correctly, I think when you check the journal entries in Cage, like, different characters have different debuts so i mm-hmm. think i don't think piglet appears in the honey tree because i remember while i was watching i was like oh i'm surprised it took this long for piglet to show up
1: exactly but yeah, i think
0: i think he first showed up in the blustery day because i can distinctly remember like that little section of the his entry intri- in the journal mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: okay so honey tree was 66 blustery day was 68 and winnie the okay. pooh okay winnie the pooh and tigger 2 is 74 and then they just okay. compiled them all in 77 so yeah you mentioned there's like the little transitions and the the little vignettes between to try and kind of stitch some sort of narrative.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the nice thing is though, but they lean into the this is a storybook
0: oh, very yes. hard
1: because literally the, there, there's a narrator. He talks to the characters, especially on these small like these little vignette snippets of like we're going to try to make these three specials come together as one cohesive story. Yeah, but also it's a storybook, so we're going to bounce around basically
0: yeah so at first i thought it was cute how it like broke the fourth wall but then like it definitely got way like overplayed where like every other line from the narrator was like oh but on page 72 this is happening it's like, okay we we get it it's just it's a storybook like <laughs> just play the movie will you but, but um
1: yeah i liked it but then yeah it did start to get old it was probably like a really the midway point of the movie i'm like then writers starting to say, on this page, yeah, very often now. So, like, what's... Yeah,
0: like, come up with a new joke. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: there, was, there was one line from Pooh, I think it was in the first segment, but he, like, made a joke, like... I think he, like, called out to a character or something, and then he's like, oh, like, <laughs> he doesn't show up until the next page, or, like he won't show up until the next chapter, like something where like Pooh himself called attention to the fact that it's a storybook and it was like very jarring to me. I was like, wait, yeah. what did he say? Ugh. So, yeah, let's see. I I made this, the mistake of watching this like right before bedtime, so. <laughs> I definitely fell asleep for the last 10 minutes and by last 10 minutes, I mean the last 20 minutes.
1: <laughs> but you but. missed all of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger too.
0: I didn't miss all of it. I missed most of the winter segment.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, probably missed the, the like, I guess, the second half of when yeah. it, it turns to winter. Uh, to yeah, be fair, yeah. I watched this after I got home from work on Friday, and I also fell asleep at the end of Honey Tree. So I had to, I, had, I <laughs> like, I like woke up after like 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, I, let me backpedal to the start of Blustery Day.
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone has, you know, trouble sleeping or, like, you know, dozing off at night, like, just go back to these old-school Disney movies and they will knock you out. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Winnie the Pooh is an interesting Disney property because, yeah, it isn't really movies, so to speak. Like, when it is, it's, like, it's not even really a movie because, like, the story is so low-stakes. It's just Winnie the Pooh... (laughs) So yeah, this is like a weird amalgamation of like different, sh- you know, not shorts, but shorts. Yeah, it's like hard to like really explain like what a traditional Winnie the Pooh story is. <laughs> yeah. Cause, yeah, it's just the characters hanging out really. It kind of surprised me, like, how the Winnie the Pooh in this movie is very different from, like, what you think of when you imagine Winnie the Pooh in terms of, like, a Disney character. (laughs) Where, like, he's much more, eh, like, watered down, basically. Like, I imagine him as, like, just, like, all the merchandise of, like, Winnie the Pooh, the lunchbox. Winnie the Pooh, the Valentine's Day cards. Winnie the Pooh, the backpack. Of, like, Mm. it's just, you know, the image of the cute bear who's, like, really inoffensive. But, like... When I was watching this movie, yeah, I was surprised. He's like, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> and he's very sassy.
1: <laughs> he's pretty self centered, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, there's a part where, I think it was in the Tigger segment, where Rabbit's kind of like trying to come up with a plan of like how to get Tigger to stop bouncing. And like, Pooh's just sleeping the whole time. <laughs> and Rabbit's yep. like, oh, are you even listening? And then Pooh's like, yeah, yeah, just, just keep on going. Yeah, I don't, I don't, whatever. And then he just immediately goes back to sleep. And I'm like, Pooh, can you can you focus? No. Not allowed. And also, it was kind of jarring because I'm 99% sure he has the same voice actor as Ka. Or is it Ka? Yeah, Ka the snake from Jungle Book. I so, like, like yeah. So, mm. like, you kind of hear him as, you know, a villain, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting looking at, you know, how he is in this movie and then immediately going to Kingdom Hearts.
1: Also, oh, you're right on him being Kaa. You're 100% yep. right. God, and I got to back. I watched Jungle Book, but which Jungle Book do I watch?
0: Well, let's see. Back to Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I mean, it was cute. I like this style of Disney animation. Uh, like this era, I should say, because it's, like, very scratchy. Like, I think of this, uh, 101 Dalmatians, I think the Aristocats, but, like, they have this, like, very sketchy look to them where, like, the characters' outlines are, like, you know, kind of messy you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah like is it this like interesting personality of like grungy disney which i kind of appreciate <laughs> what was what was your favorite segment
1: my favorite segment i would say i love uh piglet's house basically the whole piglet introduction i think in terms of like this is the moment i like it's uh mm-hmm. it's piglet it's like this is piglet's house Piglet's like my grandfather lived here his name was <laughs> trespassers will sure for trespassers yeah. William yeah that was pretty cute <laughs> precious boy
0: yeah piglet was a good boy and then he ends up giving his house to Al which that that part annoyed me because it was like just such like <laughs> an obvious you're being taken advantage of
1: moment owl is kind of a dick he just stole a man's house
0: yeah like they my problem with him was like okay it's very obvious this is piglet's house like why are you all acting dumb about this? and and like yeah al himself like isn't he supposed to be the smart one like shouldn't he know like hmm, this entire house maybe it belongs to someone in the
1: entire hundred acre wood doesn't somebody we know and love live here boy it's jolly gee jolly gee willikers
0: yeah like how do you not know where piglet lives and then speaking of like just straight up mean rabbit's whole plot to just abandon tigger in the woods
1: <laughs> yes uh I, you definitely put this i think in your notes uh and it's what exactly what i thought rabbit is the squidward of the hundred acre wood
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah tigger was definitely my my favorite of the bunch although you know shout out to eeyore because the donkey needs
1: eeyore is <laughs> an entire mood don't you ever forget that
0: <laughs> but um yeah i love how tigger like Like, basically every single time he enters a scene, it's that same animation of just assaulting the character and just tackling them and, like, rolling on top of them. Yep. (laughs) That's going to be my go-to greeting, you know, post-vaccine for at least six months.
1: I was about to say, that friend just that just tackles you every time you see them.
0: (laughs) There's not much to let's onto, honestly. Yeah.
1: (sighs) When I was very young, something I didn't really take into my adult life, or even, like, teenager life, I really did like Winnie the Pooh, and I'm pretty sure it's because The New Adventures of Penny... Penny, Penny the Woo! The New <laughs> Adventures of Winnie the Pooh was uh, a TV series that started in the late... I think late 80s, early 90s? Yep. And I think I watched a lot of that, Would have like... It had to be before I went to elementary school. It would have been, like, maybe, like, you know, mm-hmm. the age 3, age 4, age 5 years. And... I don't know. Watching this, I got... I got literally that sense of, like, deep childhood nostalgia. Even though I okay. don't think I've seen the many adventures very often. Maybe not even more than once or twice.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen this, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a personal attachment to Winnie the Pooh. So I remember growing up, uh, my cousin really liked Winnie the Pooh. And she had, like, like a set of, like, um plushies for, like, every character, but, like, they were, like, huge. Oh, my God. Like, almost life-size, even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was cool. But then I also remember my kindergarten teacher was kind of obsessed. So she, like, obviously had a lot of poo decorations in the classroom, but then she would also play the videos a lot. But, like, again, it's Winnie the poo. So, like, I couldn't really tell you, like, which videos I had seen and which ones I hadn't. Like, now that you mentioned it exactly when i was searching on disney plus Pooh, like i saw the new adventures of Pooh, and i was like what is that and then i realized oh it's it's not a movie it's a whole series (laughs) so i'm sure like a lot of it was like tapes from that show that i watched in kindergarten like i think so yeah the one i remember the most is i think when they like go in like the crystal cave which will come up in kingdom hearts 2 but i always thought it was like okay like when it's them as the cartoons, like, that's them actually, like, being alive, like, actual animals? And then it was all in his imagination? But, like, the movie specifically shows them as, no, they're still stuffed animals because Pooh, like, starts to come undone. <laughs> and, like, you see his stuffing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, why why are they still stuffed animals even if Christopher Robin isn't in the scene, like, imagining himself playing with them? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Kingdom Hearts, like... There's no mention of them as stuffed animals or being anything but, you know, creatures in the forest. I like imagining them as just, you know, little woodland creatures going off on their day more than, oh, they're just stuffed animals or like imaginary friends for this boy. Yeah. So why don't we, why don't we actually start talking about the game portion? <laughs> oh, but how did could Yeah. So usually I will go, you know, one at a time. Like as soon as I get a page, I'll go do the 100 Acre Wood segment, because, yeah, I don't like doing it all at once, because it's kind of torture. (laughs) (laughs) So last week I said that I was going to do it all in one go for recording's sake, but I I couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I I split it up in two. So I did the first three pages, and then I did the next two pages the next day. Um, Gotcha. So to me, 100 Acre Wood is the most iconic-slash- the most synonymous world with Kingdom Hearts in the sense that, like, you know, one, it's one of the most common worlds. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, top three in terms of most frequent appearances along with, I'd say, Agraba, Well, agraba Halloween Town, and then Olympus Coliseum, those are definitely up there. But those movies all kind of have their own identities. So, like, Aladdin, obviously very popular. Uh, Night Before Christmas, you know, that's, like, a completely separate thing that has its own fan base. Um, you know, Hercules is eh, kind of a eh, a little underrated, but still, you know, people like that movie. Yeah. But Winnie the Pooh is like, as we've established, like it's like this amorphous thing. Where my poo
1: stands at.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like who's like full on like, yes, I love Pooh. <laughs> so like to me, like Winnie the Pooh doesn't have much of an identity on its own. But like in Kingdom Hearts, like I feel like Kingdom Hearts elevates Winnie the Pooh because it is its own world and it's self-contained and like it's, it actually has a pretty solid story going throughout with all five pages. So like, kind of like how I mentioned in the last episode, Halloween Town, like to me, that's the best, it's the best original story in a Disney world. Like I feel like Winnie the Pooh is the best adaptation of like, yeah, it's like the Winnie the Pooh story because it does hit a lot of the beats. Uh, that were in the movie, but also, like, it does tie into Kingdom Hearts so well in terms of, like, what they change and what they keep. I feel like it's the most closely attached to Kingdom Hearts, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I think so, yeah. It makes sense to me.
0: To me, like, Wayne the Pooh, like, this particular incarnation, like, it couldn't exist without Kingdom Hearts, because, like, yeah, it's just, like, a jumbled mess of, like, different stories and whatnot. So, like, <laughs> Kingdom <laughs> yeah. Hearts kind of, like, Ties it all together. It's like one whole. Here's a Winnie the Pooh experience for you. That's like satisfying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially thinking back to because Winnie the Pooh is, I think compared to every franchise we've seen so far, Pooh is like, I would say the most. I would. I'd be. I'd be bold to say the most far reaching. But there's just so much Winnie the Pooh content. I don't, I, I feel like. Yeah. I, oh, I want to watch Aladdin. I oh, I want to watch The Night Before Christmas. You know, there's never really like mm, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch all the Winnie the Pooh movies, <laughs> but everyone's exactly. seen Winnie the Pooh. There's no one who's like, mm, who's this dumb little bear?
0: Yeah, like I feel like they do a good job of yeah taking all these separate parts and figuring out okay, how can we make this into a video game level basically? <laughs> mm-hmm. And on paper, I think they did a good job, but we'll we'll get into the (laughs) nitty-gritty of it. (laughs) But, like, you know, if you do love the Pooh characters, and if you just want to sit down and, like, experience a Pooh story from start to finish, I think Kingdom Hearts is a great way to, you know, basically be in literally the hundred acre wood world (laughs) and interact with these characters in that sense i think it works really well but yeah let's just let's just get into it (laughs) so (laughs) i do think it's clever how you know they took the minigame approach because when you see like oh winnie the pooh is gonna be in kingdom hearts like i remember when i was little i just assumed oh it would just be like a regular world you know the heartless and whatnot so (laughs) like i imagined like Tigger would be a party member, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <It's... laughs>
0: you know, uses his bounce attacks and his little tackles.
1: All right, Disney, I need you to redo Winnie the Pooh and give me violence. Make it happen.
0: But no, they they took a different path and they made it a a, a, a pacifist world. So yeah, instead you get a get a minigame collection, and yeah, it even goes as far as to change the attack command to hit, just to really, you know hit the point across that it's yeah you know, this is it's a family friendly world
1: exactly yeah <laughs> so
0: you enter the book and yeah it's it's just a book it's not a world it's you know like a world within a world and sora says screw you guys i'm going in alone
1: <laughs> apparently or maybe maybe this the book only chose sora <laughs> Mm-hmm. To be the avatar he... of Woody the
0: Pooh. <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's very much the Christopher Robin analog, which I think makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah. We need a human boy, this world won't work.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> then I, I think it's funny, I got to imagining like, okay, well what if Christopher Robin was in the world? And then I just imagine like basically Sora and Christopher Robin, you know, getting jealous of each other and like vying for Pooh's affection. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll I, i I'll get you more honey, Pooh.
1: No, I will. <laughs> Meanwhile, he sits in his fat castle.
0: Yeah, exactly. He just plays them against each other.
1: Mm. So yeah, once you
0: enter the world. So there's two little mini areas, even before you get any torn pages. So there's like, I don't know, like the meadow where you meet Pooh. And you get that little intro cutscene where Pooh's uh, think, think, thinking. Yep. And he's like, oh, I'm just trying to figure out how to say goodbye to Pooh.
1: Have you come to say goodbye to Pooh, too?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, somehow Sora immediately figures out, like, oh, this cute animated bear. Like, this is Pooh. He's, like, talking about himself in the third person. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: You'd think that the scene would, like, go, like, oh, like, well, I'll help you find Pooh. And then, like, then they'd, like, go off and do some stuff. And then they realize, oh, wait, you're Pooh. Got it. But instead, Sora's just immediately like, okay, no, got it, you're Pooh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go along with this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're Winnie the Pooh? Always have been.
0: My favorite part of this cutscene is when uh, Pooh, like, resigns himself to his fate, basically, of <laughs> <laughs> disappearing. And then it cuts to Sora with just this, like, death stare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's just like staring at Pooh and I just imagine him thinking to himself like oh, this poor, strange, disturbing little bear. <laughs> 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 but for some reason he decides he'll go along with it and he's gonna hang out with Pooh. And many adventures in two. Let's let's go through it page by page. So <laughs> we got Winnie the Pooh and the honey tree. the honey tree, minigame. So all
1: right. here we go. I guess before we get to the torn pages, uh, the uh, <clears throat> the narrator in the room, the uh, the ex—I wouldn't say existential dread, but we we've talked about because I went back, I think to episode one, and I was listening to episode one, and we mentioned a lot of characters that know something's up. Like we've talked about, we've gone, we've been to yes. Atlantica. Uh, we talked about how King Trident knows there's a keyhole. He knows there's a key bear in Halloween yep. Town that they knew about the Heartless, or you know, they know they know to call them heartless and like where does that knowledge come from the fact that owl is totally aware that they are in a damn storybook and he's like hey kid i didn't want to play with this dumb bear but uh you gotta find some pages yeah it's been a book (laughs) this entire time
0: yeah, he just feels like an NPC instead of like an actual character in this world. Where yeah, he's very much the tip giver. <laughs> so yeah, when he has that little dialogue of like, "Oh, go find the pages to see what happened next," it feels, you know, very much like saying the quiet part out loud. I'm like, "Exactly. Oh, okay, thanks, owl." It's like you know, if you're in Disney World and then, you know, the actual owl mascot like was like, "Oh, you're looking for the bathroom? It's over there." <laughs> <laughs> He's also very much the uh, Kibora Gabora <laughs> analog. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, Kibora Gabora is the obnoxious owl in Ocarina of Time. You know, everyone's hating on Navi for being annoying and like constantly bothering you. But uh, the owl is way worse in terms of just stopping you dead in your tracks and giving you like two minute explanations.
1: Oh, percent Way too frequently. <laughs> yes. Every meme about Kibora G- Kapora Gabora is on point because that, and he appears in other Zelda games too. But Ocarina is the most infamous of. Here, I'm gonna land here. I'm gonna bob up and down. I'm gonna give you an explanation that you need to hear. And at the end, I'm gonna say, "Do you want to hear that all over again?" And my the default cursor is gonna stick to, "Yes, sir, Owl. Please tell me everything again. I'm a dumb little baby boy."
0: My favorite one will always be, and I'm I'm I had to pull it up just so I make sure i'm getting it right it's just a little comic of kobora kobora with wind waker link for some reason but kobora Gobor saying don't you not wish for me not to not repeat myself never again <laughs> and then the options are just no yes <laughs> uh it's it's good stuff so very much in the same vein uh owl will stop you dead in your tracks at the beginning of every minigame, because apparently he's the minigame expert.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he'll explain to you how it works in agonizing detail. Just because he can! For the honey tree... Ugh. <laughs> I mean, basically it's just jump on the branches, whack the bees, hope you don't fall down. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. if you do, there's the uh, handy but not handy rush command.
1: Oh, yeah yay, yay this damn rush command is mm-hmm. top 10 anime betrayals is the rush command. <laughs> well, it's, yep. uh, I don't understand it sometimes because every time the rush command comes up in these poo mini games, it says like, Hey, it's not the most reliable. <laughs> I wonder if that's, I always think that's sort of about the development team being like, we couldn't get this to function right. So you're going to have to deal with it. And I'm
0: just like, yeah, it's like the, uh, the <laughs> mighty number nine developer, uh, it's better than nothing.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh
0: So it's it's fine in this minigame, but huh, oh, when we get to the next one, then we'll talk exactly, about it. Exactly,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't think Honey Honey Hunt or Honey Hunt is too bad. You just so I think the name of the game is just to hit the bees before they get to Pooh Bear. The nice thing is that when you hit a bunch when you hit a swarm of bees, it will send you back to one of the branches. And it works. 90% of the time. Sometimes you'll be a little bit short, I've realized that.
0: Yeah, it's it's finicky. So I definitely remember the whacking the bees, like, yeah, kind of being like 50-50 of whether you'll land on a branch or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for this time, once I got to the very top branch, yeah, it was pretty much just whack the bees and then it just kept bouncing me back to to that branch. So mm-hmm. it was just, you know pretty brain dead at that point. I feel like this mini game is just designed poorly in the sense that like either, yeah, it's complete it's basically plays itself if you get to that point where you just whack the bees and then mm-hmm. there's really no risk. Or Yeah, it's just, like, a weird, inconsistent mess where, like, sometimes you'll, like, stay on the branch, sometimes you'll fall, and then at that point you gotta rush, and then you're doing bad. So, like, there's no real in-between of, like, solid, like, moment-to-moment, like, okay, I gotta pay attention to where the bees are. Like, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't really require any real thought to it. (laughs) Unless you're panicking and trying to rush back up to Boo.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of, like, ways to improve it and i think it would require i mean every mini game would require like basically taking it out of the actual in game engine cuz like all the kh1 games are played out like exactly how they would if you were you know in the overworld like it's the same like platform controls and it's just you know how Sora usually yeah. plays, but I feel like you would need to like switch up to controls to actually make it fun.
1: <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking I'm trying to think you know, like the only that one that comes to mind that isn't an engine would be jungle slider a bit, because you're you're sliding along. It's not like you're not Sora running around in like the same manner we've been playing the entire game. Yeah. But I think exactly. that's one of probably ten plus minigames.
0: I guess I guess the swing minigames also Kind of like a unique action, but that minigame also sucks. So
1: <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's one it's one button press. Yeah, the game. <laughs> okay.
0: So yeah, Honey Tree is. Eh. Mm. I always thought that if it were a world, the keyhole would show up like in that hole in the tree.
1: Who <laughs> would just be eating honey, and being and then he eats so much honey that he discovers the keyhole. Yeah, like, exactly. He's like, Ooh, what's this?
0: But then he, like, immediately switches attention back to the honeybee, and be like, eh, whatever. Uh-huh. So, that's my headcanon. Um, once you complete this page, you will get Nature Spark, which is the Bambi summon gem, which... The boy! I don't have too much to say, because, obviously, you don't know, get a chance to use a summon during Acre Wood, but I can tell you from my experience, I never really used Bambi, so...
1: <gasps> Bambi, though!
0: Yeah, he's he's fine. I'll 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 use him next episode, so I'll have more to say then. But Okay. Alright, so moving on over to um uh Rabbit's house. The Hundred Naked Wood world is weird to me in that yeah, like we mentioned with the mini game, it's just the whole world is inconsistent in terms of what you can and can't do. So mm-hmm. specifically Usually, when you come into an area, for some reason, you can't use your abilities. So, like, you can't dodge roll, you don't have high jump, you can't glide. Once you get that, so like, you just have sort of this basic move set for yeah. whatever reason, <laughs> and then it like switches back and forth at like inexplicable times. So, I don't understand it.
1: My first thought is to prevent the player from breaking the world,
0: but like, you can use them in the mini games, and you'd think that would be the one spot where you. Would take them off.
1: <laughs> exactly. So. Ugh.
0: It doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. So we're at rabbit's house and yeah, pretty much beat for beat from um the rabbit story in the movie where Pooh's fat ass uh, plugs up Alice or rabbit's house, which it just drives me nuts that. Why didn't you just go through the front door? There's a door right there. But even before then, uh, one little fun thing to point out is... Well, two, actually. Um, If you pull up the the vegetable patches, you'll get some some nice little items. I got an elixir, too. I don't
1: think I got anything. Well, I don't think I got anything big this time around.
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, chance-based, but, you know... Mm, It is. Check it out. And then also, if you go into the mailbox, (laughs) you'll see a very familiar letterer. So... Yeah, it's just straight up the same exact letter that the king wrote, for some reason.
1: (laughs) Oh? Money?
0: Yeah, like, if you go in first person, like, it'll it'll say, like, from the king, or, like, have, like, a very obvious, like, Mickey identification on it. Mm. So, for some reason they couldn't come up with a brand new letter texture.
1: (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. I mean, definitely thinking too much into it, but I'm just like, okay. Gotcha, gotcha,
0: gotcha. So apparently apparently, Mickey and Rabbit are pen pals. <laughs> so Sora totally screws over Rabbit in this situation because he hides his honey from the manic poo. And <laughs> Sora's like, oh, yeah. Hey, I, I think I see some honey up there. It'd be a shame if Pooh were to find it. <laughs> <laughs> it Pooh gets the honey and he... Yeah, he's he's completely fallen off the wagon and he's he's like three honeypots deep at this point and it's, mm-hmm. you know, his friends are worried. He's he's behind on all his bills. He can't keep a job because of this honey oh, thing. Oh, I gotta
1: get that honey though.
0: Yeah, it's weird to me how when it cuts to him eating the honey, it's all in like freeze frames and it like yes. cuts, it's like a time lapse and you're supposed to you know, be like, oh, yeah. he's okay. eating so much honey. But like... Then when that the cutscene's over, like, they have an animation for Pooh eating honey. So I don't yes. know why they didn't just use that. It's weird. Like, it feels very much like something you'd see in, like, the Chain of Memories, where, like, you understand, oh, okay, like, they have limited animation, but, like, here it just looks very cheap.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Ah, uh, so, yeah. Uh, Rabbit is, you know, upset that all of his honey savings have just vanished before his eyes.
1: He can't pay his mortgage off. Sorry, Rabbit. We need, we need the tree back.
0: So he gets the bright idea that, oh, we can thin poo up by feeding him pumpkin juice. Or carrot juice. Carrot somehow. juice, yep. Which then leads into uh, the minigame. Well, after we get, you know, Tigger's introduction, where he also does his trademark tackle on Sora, which is very cute. hmm But yeah, we get Block Tigger.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> I don't want to...
1: Uh, zero Pooh zero poo Bears out of ten. Uh, bad mini game.
0: Yep. Uh, this is easily the worst one of the bunch. In my book. Yep.
1: No, 100% the worst.
0: It's frustrating because you can see that, okay, if this were done right, this would actually probably be the best minigame. Like, it, it wouldn't be great, but at least it would be entertaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, in theory, you're supposed to block tigger you're supposed to run so where you think he's gonna jump and block him from jumping on the vegetables so like okay you gotta pay attention to where he's gonna land and then you gotta like actually you know be active but what ends up happening is you know the first two or three jumps like okay you gotta run them down like you're able to block them because he's like jumping like just a few spots away but then he decides, nope, I'm going to jump to the, like, entirely across the field. And you have no chance of actually getting to where I'm going to land before I land. So, screw exactly. you. Uh. And the rush command is going to pop up when it feels like it, basically. And even when it does pop up, if you hit it, eh, maybe you'll rush to where he's going to land. Or maybe you'll rush to, like... A few inches from where he's gonna land.
1: Uh, the right, yeah. Rush, here's where it pops up again. And it, this one is, I think, even more finicky than the honey hunt one. Yep. Like, like, it's like you pick a god and you pray that Rush shows up because this becomes mm-hmm. the press triangle to win mini game.
0: Yeah, like apparently that's the strategy, but I. Cannot figure out how to get it to work consistently. So usually, my experience of the game is yeah, like I said, the first few bounces. Like I always think, okay, may- maybe I've been too hard on this game in the past. Like maybe it's not too bad, but then. Yep, he, he leaps like 20 feet away, and then you just hit a rhythm, or like, okay, he's just going to keep jumping away from me, and I can't do anything, and what's the point anymore? So screw it. Just going to
1: suffer.
0: Yeah, so now I'm like, all right, well, may- maybe Rabbit was on something. Maybe we should abandon Tigger in the woods.
1: <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, this minigame is, uh, it's not a fun time.
0: Yeah, like, I got into this, like, weird rhythm where it was, like, the bottom left vegetable where, like, I bounced him, but then I, like, bounced him, like, away from, like, all the vegetables where he'd, like, go diagonal to the field, and then yeah. he was, like, outside of it, and then when he tried jumping back onto it, it's, like, as soon as he would, like, make contact with me as he was jumping... And that would automatically reflect him basically like even before Mm -hmm. he was like falling interesting yeah like i don't know if it was like a glitch or an exploit or if that's like actually how you're supposed to do it but i got in like three of those where i was like okay maybe i might actually like you know beat the minigame but then he like he broke out of the loop basically and i was like okay screw it
1: take your stone with your bs yeah Uh, yeah it's uh it's it's finicky uh, I'd to say finicky at its best, but finicky at its worst? Tech- it's a lot of things. Good is not one of them, though.
0: Yep, for sure. Luckily, um, the, like, score requirement is pretty low, so I did get it on the first try in terms of, like, you know, succeeding, so thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. So, yep, you succeed, you, uh, whip up your carrot juice, and then, yay, poo's free, but, <laughs> classic Pooh, he immediately gets his head stuck in another pot of honey. <laughs> what are we Huber gonna do gi. with you? Alright, uh, moving on. Another yeah. one bites the dust. So Bad
1: mini game, never play again.
0: Yes. So, torn page three, the area is the, like, tree on a hill, basically, with the swing. So, this is where we meet good old boy Eeyore.
1: He's just floating down the river. Yep. Just as Eeyores do. <laughs> Floating to their demise!
0: And I love how you can you can just ignore him, and he'll just keep floating, and then eventually he just loops back around.
1: <laughs> yes, I, re- I, uh, I think this time I went into the water. I went the opposite way, so I wouldn't bump into Eeyore. And yeah, if you mm. go down either end of the stream... It, it brings you back to the uh, the book. It, it brings back to the overworld, I guess. Not the not the real world, but the uh, yep. the book overworld.
0: Yeah, like most of the areas will have some sort of exit. Um, or like multiple exits.
1: Yeah, I just didn't think the river was one of them. But now I know. So yeah,
0: we get Eeyore and who would have guessed he's missing his tail. And even though you can see it right in front of you on... The pile of sticks. You gotta enlist Pooh to help for some reason. <laughs> you
1: have to destroy this man's house.
0: Yes. So I will say Eeyore's writing is, like, really good in terms of, you know, Kingdom Hearts Disney characters, where, like, I feel like they really captured the spirit of Eeyore, like, perfectly. I think all of the Hundred Acre Wood characters are actually pretty good in this department, where they feel very authentic. But, like, Eeyore especially, like, his not, his lines are all, like, pretty... Top notch, and just uh like I don't want to be a bother. Don't worry about me.
1: Yeah, they're definitely there. I mean, besides being a mood, they are they are a one hundred percent. It feels like it.
0: Yeah, so that's why I say like again, like if you want an authentic Winnie the Pooh experience, like Kingdom Hearts One captures it very well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, except for you know the torturous mini games, but you know the scenery is nice. <laughs>
1: I hear the weather's nice this time of year. Everything else, though. Ugh.
0: All right. So this minigame is uh, Pooh's Swing Time, which, yeah, it's over in like two seconds. Just press triangle three times. And yeah. Then, there's no thought to it, because just press it as soon as Owl raises his wings, and then you'll pretty much win. <laughs> so, cool. Thanks for this wonderful mini game. I'll never forget it.
1: For the first time we play this, we do have to lead. It's the first... The first instance of get Pooh bear to follow you.
0: Oh, and true. It's yes. not really a
1: part. It's not really a part of the minigame. Um, but very area Mickey Mouse clubhouse. This is a secret item we'll use for later.
0: <laughs> I I just knew that. Yeah, you got to lock on to Pooh to get him to follow you. But like, you don't figure that out until you talk to Owl, who's like a little uh-huh. farther away from where you start with Pooh, and he'll tell you lock on to Pooh. Where like, I just assumed that would be something. You, you know, for once, I would have actually appreciated Owl to just you know interrupt the game to explain this very essential feature right now
1: (laughs) yeah he's like no you have to kid to get alone by yourself this time
0: yeah apparently but um yeah target poo and then for the love of god avoid those honey pots poo no
1: no no no
0: no don't let's want to spend
1: like 10 seconds just staring at Pooh bear being why god why
0: luckily i've mastered the art of dodging the honey pot so i was able to avoid it this time
1: Yeah, I don't think I had a problem getting him upstairs this time around.
0: He's just a little Pikmin that'll follow you. And he'll just make, like, a straight beeline for you. So, like, basically don't place a honeypot between you and Pooh. Or even, like, remotely close to, like, you know, the straight line between the two of you. Because he'll get distracted. He's a simple boy.
1: Uh, Also... Uh, tubby little chubby. He he moves just like how he does, basically in the uh,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: in, in in the in the show, which I really appreciate.
0: Yes, it's very cute. Yeah, the mini simple, and then you'll get the tail. Although each game has like kind of above and beyond score requirement, uh, which will give you a prize later, which uh, we'll mention at the end. But. Yeah. For this mini game, I think you have to get over forty yards and the way to do that is you hit triangle like shortly after owl's wings like start to close slash shortly after the wing uh the swing starts to like go down basically it's it's hard to explain yeah
1: yeah, because <laughs> even owl says like when when pooh like especially when he reaches his back swing, you'll press the button but the but the real secret is to wait like a little bit and you'll get extra air time.
0: Yeah, totally. So, yep, you find Eeyore's tail, which then prompts, I mean, honestly, my favorite shot in the entire game, probably, but, uh, twerking Eeyore.
1: Oh, his, uh, you put that, and I think I, every time he, I shouldn't say every time he gets his tail, but it's the iconic look behind, he kind of, like, swings his butt around a little bit, right? Yeah, his
0: his little butt boop, yeah. And he he's just feeling himself. He's like, ooh, yeah. Okay, you like what you see, big boy? <laughs> Ah! Ah! Uh, it's so good and also like when i was really watching the movie i finally realized then it's pretty much taken from the movie like he does the same sort of movement when he gets his tail in the movie exactly (laughs) so yeah Yeah. he's very he's very proud
1: he's very happy about it so You're maybe depressed, but he's got bi-positivity for days.
0: Yes, I, I definitely made sure to save the clip this time, because usually I'll just take a pic on my phone but like mm-hmm. I finally got the one-to-one footage that I can <laughs> make a gif out of. So, it's good stuff. It's perfect. Alrighty, moving on to the second-to-last minigame. Uh, oh,
1: is the reward for page three any good?
0: Um, let's see... Either page two or page three is the stop upgrade, which in a previous episode I incorrectly said it was a gravity upgrade, but that's false. It's stop.
1: Yeah, I get stops. Like...
0: Kind of crazy, because you you could get them like pretty much one after the other. So you get your first stop in Monstro, but then you'll have two or three pages at that point. So then you can immediately go to 100 well, Acre Wood and then get stop-ruh. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird to me that you would get such a high level spell like, you know, pretty early
1: <laughs> There's a little bit of flexibility when it comes to Cage ones upgrades that you don't really see in the future games because I look at Monstro, yeah. it looks at, at Monstro the optional world. Uh, maybe you just uh, don't do Monstro, so you may miss Stop. Maybe this is your first instance of Stop as well.
0: Yeah, Stop, Arrow, and um, Gravity especially. like Those are definitely more spread out, where it's kind of like interchangeable in terms of which ones you'll get first. Whereas, you know, the exactly, standard yeah. spells, they're a little more tied to the story. So, next area is Pooh, or Tigger's Giant Pot, which is probably the most interesting area to explore because there's like a lot of different paths to take and little collectibles to find. So, yeah, it's fun to poke around, but it's definitely, again, inconsistent. Where like everything's just kind of buggy. <laughs> so there's like the rare nuts, right? Which you turn them into owl and it'll give you rewards, but. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, you can only hold one at a time. So if you collect a nut, <laughs> you, you cannot collect another. So, like, you'll go up to it and, like, touch it, but, like, nothing happens. And it's really annoying. Uh, yep. But you have to keep going back to Al, trade them in, then you can get the next one, then trade it in, then get the next one. But, like, I'm also thinking of um the tree that Pooh's looking at, where there's, like, an item on top, and it's sitting on a spider web. And yeah. even now, I couldn't tell you... <laughs> how you actually get to it, I think you have to specifically step on one of the logs that's, like, for some reason, a button, and then it shoots up a geyser, and then I think once that's active, then you can go through the hole in the tree. Ugh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you only have to get, go through the top of the tree, and you only slide down, and the uh, the item kind of comes loose.
0: Yeah, or maybe, actually, it might trigger once you, um... Yeah, I think it's, you have to use the seesaw. So, like, after the cutscene with the seesaw, and it, like, launches you in the tree, then I think the game will register, oh, okay, now you can enter the tree, because you did it the right way. Yes. Ugh, it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like how you can explore, but, like, you can only do it in very specific ways, so it just kind of feels janky.
1: It's a, it's a time. Uh, But, yeah, the body can only contain a single nut, and I definitely forgot that this time. Because I, I was like, ooh, I got me a nut. Where's the next one? And I was like, I think I, I almost looked up, like, a Google guide of, like, trying to figure out what I was doing wrong. Oh, I did But I, <laughs> I said, oh, let me go down to Owl. And I think as soon as I gave him the nut, I was like, oh, crap, I forgot you can only hold one at a time. Because I went back up to yeah. the same nut. And it's like, here you go, friend. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> mildly started to rip my hair out a little bit.
0: Yep, for sure. So in terms of the minigame, this is (laughs) this is definitely one of the better ones. Um, Well, it's kind of two. So there's the first one where you know the floor is lava. Jump on the logs, follow the pattern. True, yeah. Although it's not really minigame because it's kind of scripted where they'll do the same pattern every time, guaranteed. So like, oh
1: yeah, it's not nothing. It's random. Where like, oh, it could be this. Oh, it could be that. You just have to yeah jump around the same logs three times.
0: Yeah, like, it could have been a full-blown minigame if, you know, they would actually shake up the pattern and you'd have to, like, follow them each time. But no, it's just, you know, do these three little jumps and then you can proceed. But the actual minigame is
1: The Honey Pot, which is kind (laughs) of (laughs) fun. It is a game, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I have the exact same reaction to, uh, to Tigger's Giant Pot.
0: Yeah, I guess it's the least broken
1: <laughs> yeah the only thing you have to like so it's like i guess uh you jump and you hit one of the nuts at the pot in the middle of the map and it's it is as simple as that the only thing you have to be careful i think in my opinion is not to jump forward too much because you'll yep. fall off and tigger's like ha ha you fell down nerd game over yeah, exactly
0: yeah it definitely helps to have a longer keyblade in this one so i switched to pumpkin head um, mm-hmm. I, I have been using Crab Claw throughout, just to give it some some screen time. Crabby, yeah, but uh, yeah, this this role makes me crabby. <laughs> but um, yeah, when you have a longer keyblade, it helps because then you don't have to jump as much. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's pretty simple once you get the hang of it. Let's let's bring it on home. One more area. <laughs>
1: Alrighty, onto the muddy path
0: okay so yeah this in my book is almost as bad as block tigger but for very different reasons just because it's so slow the honey tree is also extremely slow (laughs) because <laughs> again, you're basically just waiting because there's not much to do once you actually get to the top, and it's like I think two exactly. minutes. But yeah, this one took me like four minutes to get through.
1: Hey, that's a, that's a subpar four minute speed run. What are you talking about? So you gotta you gotta find all the Pooh's
0: friends, and I mistakenly thought that you needed to bring Pooh to each friend first. But no, you just gotta bring him to Piglet. Everyone else you can find on your own. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool how there's like, you know, different paths you can take, like the log and stuff. But yeah, it's just getting Pooh's lumpy bum to follow you, and then really long cutscenes of him either floating up on flowers or climbing over the log. And it's just, oh my god, make it stop. Especially because he gets distracted so easily, so, like, I think it happened, like, two times where, like, I got him up by the log, but then I, like, triggered something else, then he thought that was his cue to, like, go back down, then I had to oh, go follow no. him. no! <laughs> it's just agonizing. I mean, yeah, you can't really call this a minigame, so much as it is an exercise in patience.
1: <laughs> and learning not how to kill Pooh Bear? Mm-hmm.
0: Because, yeah, it's not like the characters are hidden particularly well. Like, it would be one thing if, you know, there were multiple spots, and much like, you know, the hopping minigame, if, like, there was different patterns each time where you'd have to go and check. But no, they just, mm-hmm. they're kind of out in the open in the same spot every time.
1: It to ah. be like that, yeah. I don't think it's, ag- I think it's definitely slow. Um, I think, I, uh, I guess it's offset personally for me because there are the there's so many things to do mind you it is once you know the pattern you know the pattern nothing changes really but I feel like just because it's a it's a it's a touch of expiration I don't think it's as bad personally um, do I enjoy it I think a little bit but <laughs> I wouldn't say like mm this is piece de resistance uh, my life is complete. But I think mm-hmm. just just because of the fact that you get to kind of platform and you get to traverse a little bit, it does it does kind of get me going. Okay, to that to, to that degree I can say. But I I did mess up this time. Uh, the the log did screw me up.
0: I completely mm-hmm. forgot
1: how to uh, get rid of the spider web and then plug it up.
0: I think you only have to do one or the other. Actually, you can either shoot down the bees nest or um, fire the. Spiderweb, but either way, you're destroying nature.
1: <laughs> exactly. I I hit down the beehive, and Pooh still turned around because the spiderweb was still blocking the way.
0: Well, it might have been you had to target him in a very specific way to get him to climb on top of the log instead of through it. Oh, wait a You can get him
1: to go on top of it? Mm-hmm. I have yeah. always gotten Pooh Bear to go inside the log.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's what happened. Yeah, if you, uh, I couldn't even tell you how to do it, but if you target him particularly, he'll like climb up. There's like a little kind of incline for him to go up on the log, and then he'll
1: he'll straddle along it. The secret Pooh Bear whisperer we are. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I've always took him through, so I guess yeah. Things I did not know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once that's done, you get the gang back together. And then, finally, this this wild ride has come to an end. So, <laughs> we cut back to the, uh, the tree on a hill. The one tree hill, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And to me, this is probably the most satisfying, I guess you could say, ending cutscene to a Disney world where you just really get a sense of, like you know, feeling the sense of your accomplishments of, like, bringing all Pooh and his friends back together, and it's sweet, and you're all bonding, and you're hanging out under the starry night, and everyone <laughs> has their little lines but how much they love each other. Ah, oh, it's so good. We're all friends. I'll never forget any of you, except for when I do.
1: <laughs> Cut to Cage too, but it's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I said, like, story like level design character writing like all that stuff in hundred acre wood is you know pretty solid just sexual gameplay is not good but yeah i do like this ending it's a nice little wrap-up for you know what you've accomplished across the five stories and
1: yeah i think i would say it's definitely the most satisfying of the conclusions
0: Yeah, I feel like this world is definitely the one where Sora feels the most grounded in it, in terms of him, like, kind of impacting the plot, Mm -hmm. which is, again, why I mentioned earlier, like, this feels the most synonymous with Kingdom Hearts, like, because, yeah, it's not like the characters have a story of their own, like, the story happens because Sora is there, but it's not like he overtakes it, like, they... You know, they, they balance each other out. They complement each other. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's just a nice melding of anime boy and his Disney friends. So, <laughs> yeah, I love how, and this is another one of the cutscenes where it could be funny depending on where you are in the story, but Sora is basically like, peace, uh, I'm going to go find my real friends now. They're
1: still out there.
0: Well, it's been fun, but uh, time to hit the dusty old trail. <laughs> hmm yeah, so he heads out, and then does that shot where he does, like, the little fist pump in the air, which <laughs> I've always wondered, is that supposed to be a Breakfast Club reference?
1: <laughs> I don't think it could not be a Breakfast Breakfast Club reference.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> Good to know it's not just me. <laughs>
1: yeah, 100%.
0: Don't you forget, forget about, about poo. poo. Except for when you forget about Pooh. And then <laughs> he forgets, forgets about you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it turns out there's going to be a lot of forgetting. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much the world. So there are a few extra goodies. So if you go back to Pooh's house, well, actually, at any point, really, if you go back to Pooh's house, you'll find him sitting in front of a little fire pit. And then he's like, "Ooh, I'm so cold, even though it's... Pretty much the summer, but whatever. <laughs> um, so if you light the fire, he'll be like, "Oh, thank you, Sora. You really, you really saved my life here." And then I was
1: dying until I met you.
0: <laughs> and then he'll he'll give you a whole mithril just for lighting the fire. <laughs> yep.
1: Who has so, got a stash?
0: Uh, but then it's funny because then after that, if you go back to the area, you'll see him in his house, but you can't talk to him. He just stands there menacingly it's yeah it's kind of awkward it's like "Pooh, are you are you there
1: why aren't you talking to me he's (laughs) like he's never really been there
0: yeah like there's clearly a glitch in the matrix happening Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is um uh next to the exit uh you'll find the owl and if you talk to him here's where you get the rewards for the different mini games well, there's one reward if you get the high score in each minigame. So he'll, like, Correct. thank you. Like, thank you for getting poo his honey and encouraging his horrible habits. <laughs> uh, but um, mm. he'll, like, signal that you've accomplished each minigame. Basically, once you've gotten the high score in all five, you will learn cheer, which is a solid git.
1: All three boys will learn cheer at some point. This is the only one that's not a story beat. I
0: think. Yeah, yeah, it's very much off the beaten path, because honestly, I don't even know if I've ever even gotten this ability before. <laughs> I Sora don't
1: remember, so I'm yeah. just going to say yes and smile politely that I yeah. don't think I've gotten <laughs> it before this this point in time.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm definitely not trying to play the mini games any more than I have to. Exactly. So yeah, that's pretty much the world. Uh, once you exit, you do get this nice little cutscene of... The book cover changes now, Sora's featured.
1: Yeah, I guess there isn't really a keyhole for this world, but the book does lock itself for some reason. So, yeah, yeah, because there's (laughs) there's no Heartless in the Hundred Acre Wood, but yeah, Uh, I know at some point it may be three and not three and four, four and five. I know, I think War Calcum's the last one. I think the second-to-last page is an EXP ring.
0: Yeah, 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 which is pretty good, because it also boosts your MP, so I was happy about that. So, I slapped yeah, that puppy uh, on.
1: I didn't put it on immediately, but I just did some recent uh, reconfiguration um, where I am in the story, and I was like, eh, EXP ring. I'll put it on, I'll see how it functions. And nice. Yeah, I do like it. Yeah, it's always nice to
0: cut down the grind. Hmm. So, yeah, that's Hundred Acre Wood. More like Hundred Acre Wood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This world is... I will say, this is, for better or for worse, I think the worst interpretation of the Hundred Acre... I wouldn't say worst interpretation. You you don't have the funnest time here. But I feel like, in terms of fun factor, it, it does only go up from here. Although I think we only have, what, one or two more appearances...
0: Throughout the franchise? Uh, three. In in terms of actually, like, playing in it, yeah. I would agree. It definitely steps up majorly in KH2, and then... I don't really remember it in Calm, but I guess we'll get to that. But yeah, it's definitely a starting point for them to grow, and... A for effort! (laughs) But yeah, it's... As far as I'm concerned, it's pretty much just a loot world where you just go there to get all the good prizes. But you're definitely... Exactly. Definitely not sticking around to replay those minigames. God help you.
1: It's not a requirement, but I think it should. <laughs> Despite the fact that we just complained about minigames for like two hours, I do think that you should do it just to get the rewards because. And yep. correct me if I'm wrong, there is a finite amount of Aura I want to say in each game, but uh, I think there's only a certain amount of Aura so. throughout the games. So, if you want to get an Oracalcum, if you want to, like, complete all your synthesis and you're missing an you may maybe you forgot about Ye old Hundred Acre Wood.
0: I would say, yeah, the reward of all the collectibles you get definitely outweighs the pain of the minigames. Exactly. <laughs> so, it, it's, it's worth pushing through, for sure. Definitely. I just realized we're recording this episode on Easter.
1: <laughs> Happy Easter!
0: Seems like a very fitting poo holiday.
1: I would think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so happy late Easter, everybody. Hope you're enjoying some chocolate rabbits and some honey-filled snacks. Maybe you're (laughs) enjoying a nice roasted ham or uh, whatever donkeys make. (laughs) (laughs) But that has been another episode of Kingdom Hearts by Heart. We made it. Good job, everyone. We can breathe now. (gasps) So... Next week, we will be covering Not Neverland, <laughs> which will be our final stop on on the Disney Marathon. So Yep. It'll be a very bittersweet world. In the meantime, you can Shoot us an email at khbhpodcast at gmail dot com. You can also find that in the description, along with those handy dandy timestamps. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. We'd love any thoughts or opinions or corrections if we got anything glaringly wrong.
1: <laughs> Definitely, there are as as I was revitting the older episodes. Oh,
0: thank you so much for listening, everybody. How just biologically, how can Pooh just? down an entire pot of honey (laughs)
1: uh it's because he has uh no soul or no stomach because he's just made of fluff
0: yeah but then like wouldn't that just mess up his like entire biological system like if the honey is just gunking up and all of his stuffing like how can he even move around god
1: only knows
0: yeah that that bear ain't right Sorry. Alrighty, we will see you next episode to the gummy ship and away. Woo. Bye-bye!